Today's episode is brought to you by Slate House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy from Slate House Publishing presents Lit Bits. With me as always is Trevor and Curtis. Say hey guys. Hello. Hey, what's up? We are now getting into part three of our Dracula series. Originally, this was going to be four parts, and it looks like it's going to be five. It was just too big. It was way big. It's the blockbuster of your January. It is. And (laughs) so we are now into part two of Bram Stoker's life. So part three of our Dracula series, part two of Bram Stoker's life. So we'll jump right in. <laughs> so we're jumping to 1897 now, the year f- of Dracula's we're publication. We're finally getting to Dracula getting published. And what's interesting, there's been a lot of talk about how the copyright issues have grown up over over the novel. Um, I don't think copyright laws were necessarily in place like they are today. But Probably I do. Not. But I do feel like. But but that isn't to say that Bram Stoker didn't try some form of copywriting. And so what he did is he actually gave an elaborate reading at the Lyceum. And this was the only time that Dracula appeared on stage in the dramatic form in his lifetime. And he did this mm. for copyright purposes. So he actually structured the novel as um, based on his theater experience. He actually structured it like he was putting on a, a theater production. Um, that could kind of make sense. I could see that because yeah. this book is kind of structured like uh, like a play. I mean, there there's like almost an act structure to Dracula because you have the first part where uh, Jonathan Harker is visiting Castle Dracula. And then you have the part that takes place back in London where Dracula is traipsing around and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, kind of that final act where they're chasing Dracula across Europe trying to you know, kill him before uh, something happens it, to Mina Harker. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it very much follows that. And so it was probably pretty easy for him to adapt it so that he could do a stage reading. But the whole purpose of doing the stage reading um, was for that copyright because he didn't want it misrepresented in theater. Mm. Um, so the there is a little bit of a disagreement into as to the importance of Vlad Dracula Dracul himself yeah. on the novel, and I think that that is it, it really shouldn't should not be a disagreement. I think it's very apparent because, like I said, originally Stoker had set the story in Syria, much as Lefanu had set Carmilla in Syria. But after learning about the historical figure of Dracula, he changed the entire setting. He changed the count's name. He had, he did research into the customs of that of Romania at the time. He really understood what was going on in that part of the world, so that he could represent it as accurately as possible. Um, I'm sure he still had some flaws. He still you know incorporated some superstitions, but these things were not. Um, I don't think they were as much about his his own like prejudices or biases. I think mm. this is more about the level of research that you could do without visiting the country itself. Sure. Yeah. So he was basing his entire perception on other white explorers who were visiting or like not just which white be, but Western European yeah, explorers. Which would be what what he had available to him. Right. right. It's not yeah, like he didn't have the internet. Logs. He didn't have yeah. Google, yeah. you know, Street View to go and look at what Castle Dracula <laughs> yeah. actually looks like. Oh, can we do that? We should do that. Oh, we, we can, should. That sounds that right dope AF. That does. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
We won't so, do it live. <laughs> so you, this is an interactive part of our podcast. You too can use Google Street View <laughs> to go see what Castle Dracula Check looks it like. Out. Tell us what you think. So here's an interesting thing about the the duality of language. So Dracula in Wallachian, which is a region in, in Romania alongside Transylvania, uh, means dragon or son of the devil. And that's something we'll get into in our next yeah. episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'll it's really it's cool. a hardcore, right? It does. I, like totally. I, you know, Dracula just respect. sounds, it doesn't even need any of that. It just it sounds evil yeah. on its own. But that really Although he was, it up a notch. It, uh, here's, a, here's, a, here's a kicker for you. We'll get into more of this in the next episode when we actually talk about Dracula, the historical figure. But it was actually the Order of the Dragon was actually a, a sect of the Catholic Church there in Transylvania. He was oh, very, dude, very religious. So cool. he, wow. he was a Christian warrior. Dude, I would be way dragon. more into Catholicism <laughs> if they were like the Order of the Dragon. It sounds yeah. like you know, a, a Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, a little bit. The yeah. thing like that the we're going uh, Like when people yeah, see yeah. what, when they hear what Dracula <laughs> did to like his, his, his enemies, like it looks like a Mortal Kombat like setting. Oh, oh yeah, no yeah, doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, that was all inspired by real events, yeah, right? Just spike. Why do you have spikes here? I like them. I like spikes. I like spikes. He like drank blood, uh, the blood of his victims, and ate like his dinners underneath their impaled bodies. Oh, like, that's, that's some. That's he, like, like so Eli just, Roth hostile shit right there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Eli Roth would have been like, "Oh shit, so I can't just, deal with this." <laughs> so he's just reveling in the gore and the. Oh, he did. The, well, and, he did. And, and all in the name the, of Christianity. The power, yeah. yeah. You Turks. I crush you. <laughs> I, I crush you. <laughs> I drink your blood. I drink your blood. But here's what's cool. Here's what's cool. I was talking about the duality of language. Here's what's cool. Um, there's a Gaelic phrase. It's pronounced Drakula. It's spelled D-H-R-O-C-H space F H. I like that you so have it's to like two you words. add the punctuation in here too. F H O L A. It's pronounced Drakula. Drakula. It's Gaelic, right? It means of bad blood. Oh man! So it like, getting better. It's like cool. I mean, as soon as he probably heard the term Dracula, he's like, "Ooh, it sounds like Dracula." Dracula is Gaelic. so much hardcore. This oh than, yeah, uh, it's so metal. It's so much hardcore. This when is you so. Do, that. do we have like a metal? You know, like there's a, a metal you, you know there's sound a effect kid. that we could like. <laughs> you know there's yeah. a goth kid out there who's listening to us in a hot topic right now and they're like yes as yes. they're you know like playing t- like painting their nails yes summoning Beelzebub I'm gonna rename myself Dracula <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 shredding on Whatever the guitar is, right? yeah yeah right. that's me shredding on the guitar some music right yeah doing the Beavis Listen and Butthead with the horns like the <laughs> Yeah, in your head. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bram Stoker was meddling goth before like any of you were. Oh God, so, yeah, yeah, hardcore. totally. I mean, this is really, really hardcore. Um, here's oh. the thing. Now, Trevor and I were talking about this, and we talked about how it wasn't well received initially at first, but that was just, I think, it was mixed, had mixed reviews in the British Isles. And I, I, I mean, again, like, I, co- it, I come back to like these ideas of reviews because critical reviews really don't mean anything in the long run. I mean, some of them can maybe help popularize your work, but there are a lot of critics who would review something uh, with a, a pretentiousness that I think undercuts how popular something is. So it may not have yeah. been very critically well received, but I do think that there's a reason why we still talk about Dracula, the novel today. 
that obviously the critics missed the well, first time around. Not all critics, because he did have some some real real fans there, even in Britain. I mean, he had said, the reviews were mixed in Europe when Dracula came to the European shores, like the mainland. He was like they loved it. Like his name became so intrinsically wound with Dracula, like he was just a huge celebrity from the get go. Same mm-hmm. thing in America. America Americans got Dracula and were like. Oh yeah, this is the book we needed. Yeah, and they're like super excited. And if it, <laughs> this like, will solve all our problems. <laughs> Dracula solves all our problems. Yay, we have a Texan in here. He's a real character. Oh wait, what happens to him? Oh shit, he's oh, the no. one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot the about guy. the Texan guy. He gets fucking murdered. He's the one person that dies in the whole group. It's um, so great. If you don't count Lucy. But yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but, but but yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, it was really well received and it was really popular. And where was I going with this? Like, I don't even know. Like, that's all you need to know. It was popular. It was great. It was a great book. Uh, it was a terrific book. Check it out. Check it out. Like if you haven't read Dracula yet, guys. where are you at? Where are you going? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so everybody liked it. Uh, well, everybody I mean, most, it. most people like the most people like this yeah but remember too what i was saying about like the scotland yard guy i mean he actually raved about it he loved the book um he thought it was really good even stoker's mom who was like you'd think she was like kind of put off she was really proud of her son for writing this very popular book good old mom um but your brother thornley is still better than you you're not a knight like your brother. You're not a knight like your brother. <laughs> I wrote a book, Mom. That would be great. <laughs> Why couldn't oh. you be like Thorn- Thornley wrote a book? <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of after the publication of Dracula, though, Stoker's life kind of starts going downhill. Um, there's a catastrophic fire that destroys a lot of the Lyceum scenery. Um, mm. So they had to rebuild from that. That was the same year we had mentioned earlier um, about like discovering of modern medicine and certain things. Yeah. Well, this is around the same time that Pierre Marie Curie discovered radium, which obviously is not a medicine, but it is used. It did lead to the advent and invention of certain medicines. Yeah, and you can tell what time it is in the dark. You can tell yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and Thank you, they worked Curie. with it so much that Pierre could see Marie Curie in the dark <laughs> after a while. <laughs> Like, uh, That's where I was afraid that was going. Uh, oh, 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 look no. at this substance I made. In it's all over me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over for me as well. I taste pennies. <laughs> Poor In 1900, uh, Irving signed the Lyceum over to a, a syndicate. This is also the year that Oscar Wilde died. Now, you remember me saying that he was seven years younger than Stoker, and he yeah. died uh, mm-hmm. at the age of 46. So he was— um, So he would he would perpetually be even more young yeah. than— <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he eventually gets to be like 12 years younger Forever than— Forever young. There you go. Like 19 years younger than Stoker, I guess. I take it back. Yeah. I was wrong. I mean, I— <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Around this time, after after Irving sells the Lyceum, he and Stoker are still like professionally like working together, um, still working within the troupe. But the whole atmosphere of the troupe had changed. The whole theater had just changed. You know, you guys have kind of experienced that when like you're working at a job and like management, you know, changes hands or something, yeah. and, and things just kind of it doesn't take much. It never, didn't. Yeah, never the, 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 the whole it takes atmosphere. Very little for everything to change, huh? Yeah. And that's what happens. In 1901, they tour America for the last for another time, or I think it's one of the last times they tour America. And Stoker's mother died. Um, she was 83 years old. She was afraid of losing her eyesight. And she was 
uh, going blind, but she hadn't gone all the way blind. Thankfully, uh, she died before she went all the way blind, which kind of was a, a blessing for her. She didn't want to mm. be blind. Yeah. Um, also that year, Queen Victoria and President McKinley are, are, are die. Uh, Queen Victoria dies of old age. President McKinley dies from being assassinated. Boom. So that sucked for him. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. What else can we say about Oof. that? 1904 was Henry Irving's <laughs> final tour. <laughs> we have a whole set of stand-up about President McKinley. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> this is not President McKinley, but I always thought it was hilarious that like four or five different U.S. presidents died of diarrhea. Oh, <laughs> that's a, that's a real thing. That's shitty. Oh, that's a real thing. Oh, so yeah. is that joke. Yeah. Oh, uh, go on. Go on. And <laughs> in 1904, <laughs> Henry Irving toured America for the last time. Uh, around this time, too, you know, what, we mentioned uh, Walt Whitman, but he wasn't the only famous American writer that, that Stoker and Irving got to know. I mean, they knew uh, uh, Mark Twain came and stayed with them when he came over to Europe for a time. So, that's pretty bitching. That's pretty bitching. That's, I bet uh, he that's, had some great stand-up about I President mean, McKinley. I bet he was annoying. <laughs> he, was, he was always, he's like, he's like, is it Samuel Clemens? No, it's Mark Twain. It's Mark Twain. Mark Twain. It. Mr. Uh, Mark Clemens, Twain when your I'm table's ready. It's Mark Twain, it's Mark Twain. <laughs> um, Help me out here. <laughs> Henry Irving died that following year. Uh, in 1905, and Stoker suffered the first of many strokes. Not many, M-I-N-A-I, but many, M-A-N-Y. Oh, not many Manny. strokes. Not Manny many strokes. strokes. These weren't Manny TIAs strokes. or whatever they're called. Oh, These were, that's... yeah, TIAs. That's what it's called. Brum um, Stroker. Brum Stroker. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I beat you guys to the joke. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you you did. did. It was yeah. coming. I knew you it was did. coming. I knew, yeah. Yeah, jumped um, on it. Sorry. So... Irving was like really, really getting frail at this point, but he was still wanting to go out and tour and he was still wanting to lead the the production company. He was still wanting to get all the main cast in the main roles, but it was really wearing on him physically. And they could see that. Um, they had a lot, they had a lot of uh, performances where Irving was coming through and it was like, there's one performance uh, that one of the books referenced where he was supposed to be dying on stage and he changed the words just slightly and they were like, is he acting or is he actually like fucking dying in front of us? Oh yeah. And in fact, he like pulled himself off the floor after that, that performance. They took a carriage back to the hotel. He walked into the lobby and dropped and died just a couple of minutes later. Oh, so and he was dying. He was dying as he on was stage. putting on these last, yeah, these last performances. That's performer to the end. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And Stoker arrived right after he had passed and was able to hold him while, while he had, he had gone. Um, so Stoker didn't even get to see him in those last couple of minutes. He arrived right after. <laughs> Too bad. But right after, the year after that, he published Irving's biography, the, uh, the personal reminiscence of Henry Irving. Um, and, we are now to really towards the end of Stoker's own life. So in 1911, he published the final novel, The Lair of the White Worm. During all of this time, he had published like nine novels. He published, um, he also published a number of short stories. He was doing this while he was working at the Lyceum. He did hmm. not spend a lot of time at home and his yeah. family struggles. I mean, we already talked a little bit about his marriage in the last episode. Yeah. His family struggles were really, really suffering. He also um, didn't have Netflix. So. He did not have Netflix, so he and Florence couldn't like Netflix and chill. Yeah, right? that's right. So you Why know, not? she was always she was always chilly enough, apparently. <laughs> Whoa, 
Here at Hawker's Realty, we aspire to give you the best service. Not only will you find the perfect home, we'll also disclose everything you need to know about it so your stay is totally excellent. Just ask one of our esteemed clients. Hi, I am Vlad Dracula. I wanted only the best, and Harker Realty provided. When I asked, they showed me the Carfax. Do you have a minor cough, some aches or pains, or general malaise? Try Dr. Seward's laudanum. Laudanum is a liquid derivative of morphine and is approved by all 19th century physicians to treat a range of health issues. From a scraped knee to a minor headache to a disquieted stomach. Laudanum is highly addictive and should only be prescribed by a 19th century physician. Any other use of laudanum or its components, especially here in the 21st century, are highly inadvisable and in fact illegal. So are you ready to be over your unsettled feelings? Try Dr. Seward's laudanum today. April 20th, six days after the Titanic struck an iceberg in 19, April 20th, 1912, six days after the mm. Titanic struck an iceberg, Bram Stoker at the age of 64 died mm. on his death certificate. The cause of death was locomotor ataxia, six months, granular contracted kidney and exhaustion. Some people claim that he just worked himself to death, mm. but the sticking point for this... That could mean anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the sticking point to this is that first little bit on his, his uh, death certificate, locomotor ataxia, which is one of the key um, symptoms or key uh, uh, influenced by, like, I, I'm not even saying that symptom. correctly. A, it would be a, a It symptom. would be a symptom, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Of Wait, a, um, ataxia, locomotor ataxia, which would be from, yeah, yeah, it's the inability. It's to, one of to the, the key move, symptoms, move. one of the key indicators yeah. of syphilis. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So there was a lot of rumor going around that whoever you want to blame, I'm sure you know what a, you know, I mean, we're all married men in here. We all know that you know in this healthy relationship, it's never one person's fault if you guys get into an argument. Like it's both parties, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, it's because of Florence's frigidity or it's because of Stoker, you know, it's whatever. They both contributed. There's an indicator right there that he probably fooled around a lot on her. Like right. men, women, think. something, prostitutes. There was rumors that he like hired a bunch of prostitutes. There's also an idea that maybe He's his main... He was a famous dude. He was a famous dude. Yeah. And it's also the 19th kind century. Of, yeah, and which, the 19th century. You know, prostitution They was They didn't popular. want to talk about their, their sexuality. The Victorians mm -hmm. didn't. But it was there, like under the... Under uh, the petticoats. Under the petticoats, <laughs> it was there. <laughs> under the thick layers, there was a burning hot passion. <laughs> and there's never any indicator that Stoker's own physician told him he had syphilis. But remember, Stoker was friends with Sir, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle not only wrote uh, Sherlock Holmes, all the Sherlock Holmes stories, he was also a physician himself. Uh, Doyle would have understood that this, the symptoms that Stoker was exhibiting, and he would have probably told Stoker, hey, dude, you got syphilis. Like, maybe don't, like, sleep with Florence anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> But those hookers, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They've already got it. Uh, oh my God. Yikes. Yikes. So after Stoker died, Florence declared herself sole executor of his estate. Now, 
I say he wasn't as famous or as, as rich as his brother Thornley. His estate was probably worth about half as much as Thornley's, but that still was like a consider- considerable amount. Plus, he sold a lot of like his notes. We still have Stoker's notes, his original notes on Dracula in circulation. Wow. She sold a lot of his first printings. He had the death mask of Abraham Lincoln. She sold that at auction. What is a death mask? Like literally when you die, they like created a mask, like put a, a clay like sculpture of your face, like as you're laying there dying and they or after you died and they like made a molding of it. Like so he had a death mask of like the, it's the face of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, wow. Like the, the face of dying Abraham Lincoln. Of dead Abraham of Lincoln. Of dead Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like moments after, like they created like moments after, I think. Oh, um, that's weird. Yeah. He had a lot of weird stuff. I want one. I, <laughs> how do you how do you go about getting that? I want to do one. How, I don't know you, if they're you legal. You just hang anymore. out at a party and they're like, "Hey, check this out." Ooh. Death like masks. Oh, yeah, five dollars. Yeah, you don't have to get your death masks. <laughs> do it to you a want Marie Curie? It's, right between, the, it's right between the cotton candy machine and the face painting. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Bring out your dead. <laughs> Poor or, or they also had the uh, the Memento Mori. The so they would have been doing this around the same time too, where they took like the old photographs and like they would photograph the the family member who just died with like like the their family so oh, like you yeah. get like the pictures of like the siblings and like one of them's dead and they've like perched them up on the shoulder of like their oh, sibling they, they do a full and there's actual photos of, like you can google memento mori yeah people still do that right i don't know no, i don't know they if they do. still do that they do in well, some rural I, communities well, i mean i've seen it I, you know, <laughs> no I, I actually do feel like there are some people who like we'll take pictures in front of their open casket or whatever. And it's like, yeah. That's yeah. grandma. Or like it's morbid. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. I don't know. People grieve. People grieve in different ways. I'll yeah. let them grieve. That's true. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um, he had like an original of, of, a uh, uh, Wilkie Collins, the woman in white. And she was able to sell that. So as much money as he left her, she was also able to sell off stuff. She also agreed to have Dracula's Guest posthumously published. Um, that was the original first yeah, novel kind of she published story. as a short story. Right, exactly. Um, and she was critical. She also sold the rights for like the theater production. I think she was a little critical of the theater like version mm-hmm. of the, the book. Um, I don't think she liked it. In 1922, F.W. Murnau came out with this movie called Nosferatu, and he openly yeah. admitted that it, and it is a baller movie. It's a silent film, but it it's is a pretty, baller so fucking scary. movie. Pretty scary. Very scary. Yeah. If you've not seen it, I would say go check it out. But here's the- If you the, haven't seen the movie, you've definitely seen that character. Yeah, oh, you've yeah. seen yeah. like his version of a vampire is very, Holy very cow. creepy. And the, creepy. the graininess of it and everything yeah. is just all around is terrifying. Yeah. Very terrifying. Yeah. Here's the thing. Gross. He didn't have the rights to produce uh, Nosferatu. He didn't have the, the permission to do it. And so Florence sued him. She said, fuck you. You're not making this film. And uh, Verbatim. The, that was in her letter. That was in her letter. <laughs> and the German courts agreed. They were like, no. Yes. No, you, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. And that's a horrible, horrible German accent. It sounded almost French there. <laughs> no. no. Fuck you. No. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> we have more fun commenting on <laughs> Jeremy's accents are always like weirdly placed in the world. It's like a Russian iron, Irish yeah, right. and he's trying to do German. I mean, I wrote the You're scripts. Scotch Korean, you don't I've think I've literally written like sense. all the scripts, guys. I don't think I, I can't carry the weight of the accents. Yeah, too. come on, it's like not too fair. Much. You're expecting too much of me. Aren't I a human? If you prick me, don't I bleed? 
See, I like that one. That was a good one. All right. So, so yeah, the German courts not only said he couldn't make the film, they also ordered all copies and negatives and everything of the film to be destroyed. It's only because one negative uh, role of that, that film s- survived that we still have Nosferatu to this day. Um, Thank goodness. So, you know, I, I it really would have I mean, missed out. That movie puts a lot of the Dracula stuff into a different perspective, I think. Oh, she yeah, did eventually know. sell the film rights to the guy. I guess he would do the 1931 version. He'd hire the the famous Broadway actor that uh, popularized the character of Dracula on stage to do the film role. So Bella Lugosi um, starred as Dracula on the stage before he did the film version in 1931. She sold those rights for $40,000 at the time. I don't know how much money that would good. be in today's in 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 money. 1922 money. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's huge. pretty darn good. That's really good. So she was definitely well off at the time. Like there was rumors, like she suffered from the great, like in the Great Depression, like everybody else. Yeah. Like she lost all of her money, but there's evidence that no, she probably had a decent She's, sum still left she over. Did all right. yeah. yeah. So uh, just like Stoker himself died um, two years before the Great War. Uh, Florence died two years before World War II would ravage Europe. So they both kind of missed out on huge 20th century kind of events. Um, But they very much were characters, you know, kind of straddling the two centuries. And I think it shows. I think we see that when we actually get into the book itself. I think we're going to see how Dracula itself is a novel that straddles the centuries. It's this battle or this tug of war between like... um, the archaic mysticism of the East and and kind of uncivilized. I'm air quoting because I'm not trying to be you know you know disparaging to any kind of cultures or anything. But it was a scene as this battle between like the mystic and the scientific, and so we see this world changing in Dracula. We see that theater is evolving. Sexuality is redefining itself. The industrial world was in direct conflict with the metaphysical. Science and medicine are trying to find this balance with the spiritual. Um, You know, I talked about with the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, all of these doctors and all of these physicians Mm. being a part Mm -hmm. of this. And that's exactly what they were doing. And this is echoed in Dracula with Van Helsing, who is very much a scientist, but he's also very much an occultist as well, too. He's very aware of these kinds of things. There's a a lot uh, that, that kind of bleeds in through you know into this novel through the context the historical context of this moment exactly and that's something we are definitely going to get into as we finish up this series but next episode next episode i'm really excited because as metal and as baller and goth as you think fucking bram stoker's been Next episode, we are talking about the historical source for the novel. The nitty gritty. We are talking about Vlad the Impaler. Oh, man. It's like a WWE introduction, (laughs) I feel like. Vlad the Impaler. Fireworks going off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He comes out. (laughs) On his trapeze. (laughs) I stake you. I stake you. (laughs) Give him the stake. Give him the stake. Hey, I want to take this moment to uh, thank everybody. I want to thank our producers at Wayne Howard Studios. I want to thank uh, all of our Patreon supporters. I want to thank the people who are supporting our publishing house. And we also want to thank today's sponsors, especially the ASPCA. We want to thank today's sponsors. Uh, yes, the ASPCA. They really make, uh, make sure you. It's uh, a really important cause to all of us, yeah. especially now in this in this January season. It's it's the bitter cold of winter. 
just please give a little bit more consideration. The yeah. were, the werewolves are lonelier than ever this time of year. They yeah. really are. They really are. And the spiders and, are neglected. Yeah. And we also want to thank um, <laughs> the spiders. Are <laughs> to get actually sincere. We, uh, we also want to thank Dr. Seward for his contributions. Oh, yeah. Both his, his pharmaceutical contributions and his... Uh, his um, I love that mental guy's emporium. Yeah, yeah I love the way that guy talks. It was yeah. very, very good. So, <laughs> super comfortable. No, look, in all, in all seriousness, I do want to thank our listeners. I want to thank our yeah. Patreon supporters. I want to thank our followers on social media. Um, we're not going to go through that whole list again. Thank everybody who's who's making this, helping us make this a thing. Uh, so stay tuned. We've got a little bit more coming for you. Uh, until then. We'll see you later. I don't yeah, know. Don't don't, <laughs> imp- <laughs> don't impale yourself. Don't impale yourself. Until then. Uh, <laughs> Until then. Uh, <laughs> what is it that you normally <laughs> do? Yeah. Do what you do. <laughs> 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 <laughs>